Hello friends, this is Stephen from Dream Gun, and we have shows on sale in Dublin and London right now. We are home in Dublin this June the 15th to the 17th with updated film reads of The Matrix, Jurassic Park and Titanic at Smock Alley Theatre. Featuring the award-winning ensemble of Tony Cantwell, Ronan Carey, Stephen Culver, that's me, Finbar Doyle, Hannah Manless, Aaron McGathy and Edwin Salmon. Uh, the show's at Smock Alley Theatre and tickets are on sale right now. Head to dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Meanwhile in London, we are now performing every month at 21 Soho with a different film read every month and different guests joining us on the stage. This month's London film is Batman Begins, but if you're in the future, it's probably a different film and you can find out which one at dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Hi, I'm James. I'm Gavin. And I'm Stephen. And we are Dream Gun. And you are listening to a classic episode of Dream Gun Film Reads. Where we take our favorite movies and then totally rewrite them and put a bunch of jokes and nonsense in them. And then the show is performed by actors and comedians who haven't read the script, so everything you hear is completely unrehearsed. If you enjoy Film Reads, please subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't know what to say in your review, just use it to tell us what film you'd like us to read next. Because we're running out of ideas. <laughs> If you'd like to support the show, there's two ways to do it. You can subscribe to Film Reads on Patreon. Patreon subscribers get early access to episodes, bonus uncut recordings, and tickets to the live show. Or you can see us in person. If you'd like to see Film Reads live, you can check out dreamgun.ie for tickets to all of our upcoming shows or follow us. We are at Dreamgun and Sons on all the socials. We perform regularly in Dublin and London and at festivals all around the world. Please enjoy Dreamgun Film Reads. Dreamgun! Jaws, a film by a young, artistically present Steven Spielberg. (laughs) It's the 1970s. It's post-Watergate, but pre-Watergate film The Post by Steven Spielberg. (laughs) A group of hippie youths drink around a bonfire on the beach. They're sporting wild beards and no haircuts and celebrating successfully dodging the draft. They are residents of Amity Island, a town that only plays beach boys and guarantees sand in every sandwich. (laughs) Where it's always summer. Well, at least for three months of the year. Two drunk hippie lovers run over the dunes towards the sea. They're carefree in that special 70s way where they've never been bitten by a shark. Or... (laughs) Or heard the phrase inappropriate workplace behavior. Little do they know, they're about to help invent the blockbuster. What's your name again? It's Chrissy, come on! I'm young, it's the 70s. Take off all your clothes and just throw them wherever. Our children's generation will deal with it. (laughs) She strips down, revealing she's made of a meaty, edible substance. She swims out to sea, where lovely boats live. Slow down, I'm not drunk. Yes, he is. Wait, slow up. You're running like a goddamn cheetah. Come on, get in the water. The water? Are you serious? You sure are a free spirit, Chrissy. I'm swimming, I'm swimming. I'm swimming in the water now. I've never met anyone like you. You're out of control. Full of American beer, he struggles to remove his shoes and eventually passes out on the sand. My youthful exuberance will last a thousand years! She kicks her legs underwater as if she will have them forever. (laughs) Suddenly... A large fish (laughs) bites her legs and drags her thrashing around the place. Ah, It hurts! It hurts! Help! The ocean is biting me! She gets dragged down into the murky depths, a.k.a. the octopus's garden. (laughs) A.k.a. Crab Town. The culprit emerges from the water. It's none other than a shark. Jaws! Hello. (laughs) I'm Jaws. (laughs) 
and unstoppable killing machine. I can't be reasoned with. There's just no talking to me. But listen, there's a very defined place that I can't go. It's the land. So if you don't want to deal with me, just stay there. Now, I know it's a bit sad because I just ate a lady. But hey, it means I get to live and continue being myself. Jaws, thanks for your time. The next morning, Martin Brody rises from his bed. He's a hotshot city cop who says, th who says things like, Drop it, scumbag. What do you mean you're taking me off the case? And Barbara, what time's that community outreach thing on? Because you know I've got a ton of paperwork here. <laughs> he looks out his window, surveying his gentle beach town. You know, honey, I quite like this small town that I'm the new chief of police of and where nothing ever goes wrong. Hey, how come the sun doesn't, doesn't, didn't used to shine in here? in the fall and this is the summer. Mm. Guess now we know why that salesman rushed us through the place and he evaded all my questions about the earth's tilt. Hey honey, can you feed the dogs? We own dogs, got it. There they are. See the kids? All two of them that we have, yes. They must be in the backyard. In Amity you say yard. They're in the yard not too far from the car. My boy's wicked smart. How's that? Yeah, like you're from New York. Boston's in New York, right? Brody's eldest son, Michael, enters. His hand is a blood hand. <laughs> Mum, I got a cut. I got bit by a vampire. <laughs> Michael is lying as a clever joke. <laughs> got him. Hey, you guys are playing on those sharp swings. Stay off them. I haven't fixed them yet. The nails are still back to front. Brody is got off by the phone ringing. It's probably nothing. Hello? Well, what the, uh, what the hell do they usually do? Wash up or what? No, no, keep him there. I'll be out in about 15 minutes. Sorry, honey, gotta go. Missing person. I'm sure it's nothing. Season hasn't started and nobody's even, no one's even here yet. Hey, listen, Chief. Be careful, will ya? In this town? Hey, nothing happens here. Not one bad thing. Oh, boy. I know, it, it really is a great town to have only just moved to recently. Hey mom, what's a shark? Oh, what a beautiful town we just moved to! Down at the beach, Brody questions the stoner loser from the opening. So nobody saw her go in the water? Somebody could have, uh, I was passed out. Hey, I told you kids not to smoke weed in the beach. Haven't you seen Reef Madness? You live here? No, Hartford. I go to Trinity. Not that one, the one in America. <laughs> <laughs> My folks live in Greenwich, you know, where time is made. <laughs> you an Islander? No, no, New York City. I left it because it's the 70s, so it's not nice to live there yet. <laughs> you, uh, you here for the summer? Well, I was planning on really digging stuff. Keep on trucking and time permitting, sticking various things to the man. Mm. <laughs> Suddenly, they hear a whistle from further down the beach. Hendrix, Brody's deputy, and delicious gin <laughs> has found something. Guys, come quick. There's something gross over here. All right, quick, bring a stick so we can poke at it. <laughs> they run up the beach and find Hendrix curled up in shock. She's... Hendrix, the good, I don't know. Uh, she, she totally ma she's totally mangled beyond recognition and there's a whole mess of crabs on top of her. What's the collective noun for crabs? I'm gonna go with a trucket. A trucket of crabs. Hendrix throws up on the body. Oh, Jesus Christ, Hendrix, this is a crime scene. At least pick out the chunks of pineapple before the forensic guys get here. I'm sorry, boss. I swear she didn't like, look like this when I last saw her. She was way hotter. I've seen a lot of bodies, Chief, but they're usually alive. Mm -hmm. Back at the police station, Brody is taking action by typing furiously on a typewriter. His secretary, Polly, enters. Well, you're up awful early. 
usually you don't come in until at all. Yeah. I'm just really trying to nail this New Yorker cartoon caption contest. Okay, so should the penguin be saying, waiter, I think my steak is overcooked, mm-hmm. or hi, Tom? <laughs> the phone rings with that famous ding-a-ling, that sweet Graham Bell riff. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> Chief Brody's office. This is Polly Pocket. No, no relation. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That was a medical ex- inspector. He says the cause of death was a shark attack. He also says hello. Great. Uh, Polly, call him back and tell him that I also say hello. Uh, Hendrix, where do we keep the beach clothes signs? Beach clothes? We never had any. This ain't New York, Chief. We don't have a sign for everything. We have an everybody come to the beach sign. I guess we could turn that upside down. Brody enters a hardware store. He buys all the items needed to make a beach closed sign. He's done this before. Chief, Chief, there's a bunch of delicious Boy Scouts on the bay. They're rubbing barbecue sauce on themselves. They're practicing their injured seal impressions. You know how these kids are. I couldn't call them in because there's no phones out there and phones are done with wires. Okay, look, uh, you, you take this stuff back to the office and get to work in these signs. All right, take this down. Uh, beach is closed, no swimming by order of the sheriff. And sure, he's new in town, and yes, he's afraid of water, but he's an all right guy, really, so get off my back, okay. Did you get that? You went too fast and I panicked and all I wrote down was shark news. Ah, uh, uh, Hendrix. Brody drives off just as the mayor arrives. It's me, the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> Oh, Mr. Mayor, listen, we had a shark attack at South Beach this morning. Mmm. No. <laughs> the mayor catches up with Brody on the ferry. He has the mayor squad in tow. Meadows, the newspaper man, and the medical examiner. Brody, you're gonna shut down the beaches on your own authority? Well, what other authority do I need? There's only one gun on the island, and I have it. Well, uh, technically, you need a civic ordinance from the board, and you're going to have stamp patrol on your ass. Snorline Johnny, he's always got something to say. You're rushing into something serious here. It's your first summer, you know. What does that mean? I'm only trying to say that Amity's a summer town. We need summer dollars, which, you know, are worth six times as much as winter dollars. If the people can't swim here, they'll be glad to swim at beaches at Cape Cod, the Hamptons, Normandy. Well, that doesn't mean we gotta serve them up on a smorgasbord. Brody had his first smorgasbord two days ago, (laughs) and he hasn't been able to stop thinking about it. And we've never had that kind of trouble in these waters. Not since we built that bridge over them. Come on, what else could have done that to that girl? Boat propeller? Uh, well, I think possibly, yes, a boating accident. Perhaps a propeller with a bunch of teeth glued to it. Well, that's not what you said on the phone. I was wrong. We'll have to amend our reports. Burn some evidence. Brody, a summer girl goes swimming, swims out a little far. She tires. A fishing boat comes along. Kills her like a shark. <laughs> Happens every day. I've seen it happen. Don't ask me about it. I don't think you appreciate the gut reaction people have to these things. Well, uh, Harry, I do appreciate it. I'm, I'm just reacting to what I was told here. Brody, it's all psychological. You, te- you yell Barracuda, everyone yells, huh? What? You yell, ooh, Barracuda. <laughs> <laughs> you, you get a goddamn tingle up your spine. You yelled shark, and we got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July, our Independence Day. I mean, a shark can't float above the White House and blow it up with a laser, but it's still not ideal. Later, Brody and his wife lounge on the beach. Somehow, the mayor has convinced him there isn't a shark, even though earlier we saw a woman with no face. He anxiously watches all the... He anxiously watches all the meaty people dipping themselves into the sea. 
None meatier than young boy Alex Kittner, who is talking to his mother. Mom, can I get my raft and go back in the water? Uh, let me see your fingers there. Mm. <laughs> 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 mm, yeah, yeah, they're still attached. Uh, okay, you can go back in for another hour. Remember now to splash around like Mommy likes. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Gosh, I'm so lucky. I got a great mom, a great day at the beach, great organs. <laughs> I think this is really gonna be my year <laughs> and rest of life. Brody tensely surveys his flock. He spots a dog swimming with a stick in its mouth. Oh, well, how about that? <laughs> you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I just saw the most incredible thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen, if you don't want the kids to go in the water... No, no, it's all right. They can go. Tell them their father, Papa Police Chief Brody said it was okay. <laughs> boy. Come on, boy. Boy. Where's that dog? <laughs> can you believe it? I let him out of my sight for one minute. When I find that living dog, I'm going to be so mad. I tell you what, last time I saw him, he was just over there playing with that black triangle. <laughs> Suddenly, there's a violent thrashing in the water, right where the Kittner boy was swimming. A fountain of blood erupts like a Ribena waterfall, or a child exploding. A solitary stick floats in the ocean. Oh my god! That stick was that dog stick! Get everybody out! Everybody out of the water! M Martin, get in there and help! I can't! I'm a land cop! It's out of my jurisdiction! The chaos dies down. Everybody is out of the water. Well, except for one. Mrs. Kittner wanders forward in a daze. Alex! Alex! That's odd. Usually does it. <laughs> uh, we see Alex's torn air mattress wash up in the surf. I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> the next day they hold a town meeting to discuss the new bypass and, if there's time, a dead child. <laughs> Alex Kittner is very dead. His mother says it was the sharks. And she doesn't mean that local gang that's been kicking bins and telling us to dance off. <laughs> She's offering a bounty of $3,000. She's flush after that life insurance payout. <laughs> that Kittner kid was a bloody gold mine. We don't even know that there's a shark around here. That boy could have been eaten by a shark, by anything. I now need a remind... Sorry. <laughs> Okay. I'm supposed to be a different character. <laughs> Sorry. Alison Spittle, ladies and gentlemen. I was told to change the accent, and I just took that as pitch. So we'll start again, because this is great. <laughs> and I want to do the lads... Anyway, fuck it. Right. Pr proud. <laughs> right. <clears throat> We don't even know that there's a shock. I actually find that very offensive to my culture. <laughs> that boy could have been eaten by a shock, but anything. Need I remind you, beaches are our main export in this town. Uh, 
Is that $3,000 bounty on the shark in cash or check? Or can I get a bank draft? It, is the mother going to write the check using the blood of her dead son? <laughs> what about the beaches, chief? <laughs> well, we're going to put on the extra summer deputies as soon as we can. Uh, we're bringing in experts from the Oceanographic Institute on the mainland, and we bought a few shark EMPs from that guy in the shop. He assured me that they can shut down any shark in a 50-mile radius. <laughs> Any questions? Are you gonna close the beaches? Uh, yes, yes we are. The room erupts like an active volcano. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. What the fuck, mate? Uh, oh, it I sounds put... like a child exploding. <laughs> this is an outrage. <laughs> All right, look, come on, everyone. When it comes to people's lives, beaches ain't shit. Only 24 hours. No, wait, I didn't agree to that. It's only 24 hours. How long could a shark possibly live? <laughs> Surely it'll turn into some sort of shark butterfly by then. 24 hours is like three weeks. If you're an idiot. A man scratches his nails down a chalkboard. The whole room goes silent as this is a real dick move. <laughs> Y'all know me? Know how I earn a living? Online, selling bespoke retro furniture. I'll catch this bird for you. It's, it's not a bird, but it ain't gonna be easy. Bad fish. I value my neck a lot more than 3,000 bucks, chief. I'll find him for three, but I'll catch him and kill him for 10. Drive around town for 11. Show you the real hotspots. Show you how to live, Chief. <laughs> Kissing's for free. <laughs> now you gotta make up your minds. Gonna stay alive and ante up? Or you wanna play it cheap, sleep in a bucket, be on welfare the whole winter? <laughs> Strangling turkeys just to keep warm. <laughs> I don't want no volunteers, I don't want no mates. There's too many captains on this island. Captain Island, they called it. <laughs> Before they stopped. $10,000 for me by myself. For that, you get the head, the tail, the middle of the shark, the, the, the bitey bit, I believe it's, believe it's called the mouth. Basically, what I'm trying to say is you get the whole fish. It's called a shark. Look it up. Uh, thank you, Mr. Quint. It's very clear you know a lot. We'll take it under advisement. Mr. Mayor, Chief, ladies and gentlemen, I really appreciate your time. <laughs> that night, two fishermen are preparing to go shark fishing. I'm tired. Let's stop before someone reports us. Don't worry. The chief lives on the other side of the island. They stick a load of meat to a hook and chain it to a wooden jetty. I better catch something. This is my wife's holiday roast. Don't worry about it. $3,000 buys you an awful lot of roast. Your house will be packed with so much roast that your wife will leave you. <laughs> they toss it in the water, proud of their DIY fishing skills. Suddenly, the chain is pulled tight and rips the jetty from the shore, causing one of the fishermen to fall into the water. The detached jetty stops in the sea. It then menacingly turns back and heads towards them. Swim, Charlie! Don't look back! Uh, if you look back, you'll turn into a pill of sharks! Biblical. Uh, he makes it out of the water just in time. The next day, another town meeting is held. Uh, those two fishermen are offering a bounty of $3,000 to find that jetty. <laughs> we don't even know that there's a jetty around here. Y'all know me. <laughs> I'll catch this jetty for 3000 But I'll kill it and varnish it for 10 The day after that, the harbor is full of boat people doing stuff with lovely boats. They're all drinking and spitting, getting ready to go on a big old shark hunt. Uh, Hendrix, these are your people. Go, go and talk to them. These are my people. They're from all over the place. Did you see the license plates out in the parking lot? Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Jersey, 
Dr. Nasty? I don't know where that one's from, Arizona. What happened to the extra help we were going to get? Well, it's not you until the 4th of July. Between now and then, it's just you and me. Dupree isn't helping us out this time. <laughs> uh, I liked it. <laughs> Matt Hooper, the spunky marine biologist, arrives on the scene with pockets full of the latest shark tech. He's fresh-faced, even though he has a beard, so he sort of looks like a young, old Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Uh, listen, could you tell me how I could find Chief Brody? Uh, who are you? Matt Hooper. I'm from the Oceanographic Institute. Uh, we deal with ocean-related things, the sea, kelps, the uh, jelly boys, the uh, wigglers, you know, uh, various Nemos. Yeah, sounds very thorough. <laughs> so, uh, you're the guy we called. Uh, I'm Brody. Oh, very glad to meet you. Yeah, yeah, glad to meet you too. Listen, I know you got a lot on your hands right now, but I think the best thing for me to do is to see the remains of the first victim, the girl on the beach. I'd like to look at her, uh, just even for a minute, just... Put my peepers on her. Okay. Just, uh... Just bear with me, all right? Sure, yeah, as long as I get my peeping done. Okay. okay. <clears throat> Hooper medically examines the first victim's remains and dictates notes into his headset, which is just a dictaphone he's taped to his head. Victim identified as Christine Watkins, female crustacean, I mean Caucasian, <laughs> sorry. Force a habit there. Probable boating accident. Hooper removes a cover from the body. The height and weight of the victim can only be estimated from the partial remains. I would guess she was about two foot tall and weighed about as much as a small bag of flour. <laughs> the torso has been severed in mid-thorax. There are no major organs remaining. Right arm has been severed above the elbow. Wait, there's a note. <laughs> from the shark hidden under the fingernail. I'm not going to lie, we are dealing with one sick shark here. <laughs> Did you notify the Coast Guard about this? No, no, it was only local jurisdiction. The shark hasn't crossed any state lines. Oh. Well, this was not a boat accident. It wasn't any propeller, it wasn't any coral reef, and it wasn't Jack the Ripper. It was a shark, pure and simple. Possibly a shark working with Jack the Reaper, but probably a shark on its own, operating with occasional correspondences with one or more Jack the Rippers. <clears throat> Later... A bunch of jock fishermen are stringing up a dead shark. They did it. They finally caught the shark. Crisis averted. Great day for Amity Bay. Uh, listen, Danny, I want a front page spread on this. Take this down. Angry mob kills majestic fish. Get the cameraman. Now, this is the shot I want. And everybody the, with the suspiciously small fish in it. <laughs> It's a tiger shark. Its uh, bite radius is too small. Whoa, whoa. A tiger and a shark? <laughs> Make up your mind here, professor. Hey, Brody, who's this nerd correctly answering our questions? Look, I'm not saying it's not the shark. I'm saying that it may not be the shark. It's just a slight difference in semantics, and I don't want to get beaten up for it. This is definitely the shark, pal. We got a signed confession from him and everything. <laughs> Uh, Hooper, I want you to meet our mayor. Uh, this is Matt from the Oceanographic Institute. Uh, nice to meet you. I'm a shark man and ocean genius. Uh, can I talk to you for a second? Hooper takes Brody aside. He's got a sneaky secret. <laughs> so, Brody, there are all kinds of sharks in the waters, you know. Great whites, white tips, blues, Bruce from Finding Nemo, the Meg, mm -hmm. street sharks, card sharks, loan sharks. They're the worst because they loan you a shark and it eats you. <laughs> And the chances that these bozos got the exact shark. Ah, oh, come on. There's no other sharks like that in these waters. Brody, it's a hundred to one. A hundred to one. A hundred sharks to one of us. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that this is not the shark. Hey, Jerry! Did you hear we got the shark? It probably is, Brody. Probably is. It's a man-eater. Make you work hard. Make you spend hard. <laughs> you know? <laughs> make you want all her love. But the fact is... The bite radius on this animal is different than the wounds on the victim. All right. All right, look, look Hoover, I, I hear what you're saying. Hey, Jerry, we got the biggest fucking shark! I'm a winner, Jerry! Now, okay, Brody, it's very simple. The digestive system of this animal is very, very slow. Let's cut it open, see what's going on in there, just get both our peepers on it. <laughs> Whatever it's eaten in the last 24 hours is bound to still be in there. Now, now, look, fellas, let's be reasonable, huh? 
I'm not going to stand here and see that thing cut open and see that little kitten boy spill out all over the docks. So wait until I leave. <laughs> but do tell me about it later. They hush as Mrs. Kittner approaches all dressed in black. She looks... <laughs> She looks like she's going to lose it, just like her son lost all those limbs. <laughs> Ooh, for the... <laughs> Chief Brody? Yes, I assume you're here to congratulate me. I just found out. That girl that got killed here last week, and you knew it, and her and my son were made of basically the insane ingredients. <laughs> You knew it. You, you knew it was dangerous, but you let people go swimming anyway. But still, my boy is dead now, and there's nothing you can do about it. My boy is dead. I want you to know, just FYI. Don't listen to her, Brody. She's just upset because you caused the death of a son. All right, thanks, Mayor. I, I feel a lot better now. <laughs> All right, fellas. Let's cut this stinky son of a bitch down before it stinks up the whole island. Harv, you and Carl take it out tomorrow and dump it in the drink. I never want to look at this shark again, especially not in any sort of forensic detail. Later, Brody and his wife have a drink to celebrate killing the bad fish. We did it, honey. I'm the best sheriff in the backwater. Clink. Uh, sorry, the door was open. Mind if I come in? I, I was just outside peeping. I'm Matt Hooper. Hi, Ellen Brody. My husband tells me you're in shocks. <laughs> Excuse me, yeah. Well, yes, I, I've, I've never quite heard it put that way because that's a, a really fucking dumb way to say it. Um, but yes, I am. I, I love sharks. You love sharks? Yeah, I loved them. When I was 12 years old, my father got me this boat. I, I went fishing off of uh, Cape Cod, and I hooked a four-and-a-half-foot baby thresher shark who proceeded to eat my boat. He ate my oar hooks, my seat cushions. He turned my inboard into an outboard. Yeah, he kind of mustied up my sails and, like, slapped me with his tail and then ripped my dog in half. <laughs> Ever since then, I've been studying sharks for some reason, and uh, <laughs> that's why I know that I'm going to go to the Institute tomorrow and tell them you still have a shark problem here. I'm sorry, I thought you told me the shark was caught. And I heard it on the news. Shark news. Yeah, they caught an shark, not a... No, not, not a shark. They caught a... Sh wait. I mean, they didn't catch... The, you didn't catch Jaws. <laughs> Which I wanted to prove today by cutting the shark open. Brody begins to drink a lot of wine. <laughs> you know, Chief, you're going to be the only rational man left on this island after I leave tomorrow. Drunk and rational. Where are you going? Uh, I'm going on the Aurora. The Aurora? What is that? Some kind of Borealis. Uh, <laughs> but it's also a floating research lab for shark genetics. 18 months at sea, we're going to engineer hyper-intelligent sharks. It's going to be a real thrill. We got Samuel Jackson for, like, for a bit. Brody hates the boats. Brody hates water. Brody sits in a car when we go on a ferry to the mainland. Brody never looks me in the eye when we make love. <laughs> he puts eggs in the fridge and calls Pringles Prangles. I guess it's a childhood thing, but he really hates water. There's a cl clinical name for that, isn't there? Yeah, a cowardly dingus. All right. Now, this shark that swims, that swims alone, uh, rouge. It's a rogue. What, what's that? It's, it's called a rogue? Yeah, yeah, rouge, that's what I said. They're spelled the same. Now, this guy, he keeps swimming around in a place where the feeding is good uh, until the food supply is gone, right? Yeah, it's called territoriality. It's uh, just a theory. I mean, we could watch some sharks to prove it, but we don't. <laughs> And why don't we go down there and cut that shark open? Brody, can you do that? I can do anything. I'm the chief of police. Haven't you seen the gun? <laughs> Brody and Hooper drunkenly sneak into the harbor. Hooper begins cutting into the shark. We start in the elementary canal and open the digestive tract. <laughs> Just like I thought. He's full of shark meat and bones. 
Uber begins to toss the contents of the shark's stomach onto the dock. He tosses out a southern license plate. He didn't need a car, did he? No, a tiger shark's like a garbage can. People put their garbage in it, like the Flintstones. And the shark goes, it's a living. (laughs) Hooper reaches in and pulls out the remaining stomach contents. It contains Mary Poppins' handbag, out of which he pulls a big tall ladder, followed by a magician's hat. He reaches into that and pulls out a rabbit. From the rabbit, he pulls a Russian doll. From the Russian doll, he pulls a series of smaller dolls. From the final doll, he removes the shark that he started with. (laughs) There's no little boy parts in it. Not even a hand. (laughs) All right, I guess we better close the beach. I'll call the mayor. He'll probably listen to me. He's an understanding guy. I mean, he's been pretty reasonable so far. You got a bigger problem than that, Brody. You still got a hell of a fish out there. We're gonna have to find him right now. He's a night feeder. That's why both attacks were during the daytime. Go out? Out now? On the water? Well, if we're looking for a shark, we're not gonna find him on the land. Except for maybe Atlantic City, if you think about it, but then immediately stop thinking about it. Yeah, but I'm not drunk enough to go out in a boat. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Yes, I'm not. Yes, he was. Brody and Hooper are teleported to Hooper's high-tech boat. It's incredibly lovely. I'm telling you, the crime rate in New York will kill you. There's so many problems, it feels like you can never accomplish anything. Violence, muggings, kids can't leave the house. The only shocks we have there are big, tall buildings that reach way up into the sky. Skyscrapers, that's what they're called. But in Amity, one man can make a difference. In 25 years, there's never been a shooting or a murder in this town. And I plan on changing that. You know, uh, shark attacks aren't that common. You know more vending machines are killed in airplane accidents than there are sharks in the night sky. Mm. The mist clears and a ship ominously drifts towards them. Hey, hey, that's Ben Gardner's boat. He's a fisherman, unlike his name would suggest. (laughs) Look, Brody, I gotta go down there and check their hull. Do my trademark peeping. Wait a minute, why don't we just tow it all in? We will. Just gotta get down there. Peep it all out. Poke my peepers into any holes I can find. No, we just, we just tow it in. Don't worry, Brody. Nothing's gonna happen. I'm not gonna see any severed heads. Hoopy dives into the murky waters and examines the hull. There's a large hole in it. Something has really done a number on this boat. Probably a giant octopus. Or maybe some sort of scuba diving gorilla. Huh tooth stuck in the side of this boat, I must be the wind. (laughs) Suddenly a dead guy's head pops out and the audience is like, get out of there, Hooper, there's a dead guy's head there. (sighs) In his unheroic panic, he drops the tooth. Hooper and Brody dash to explain the sitch to the mayor. This is a great white mare, a big one. Any shark expert in the world will tell you it's a killer. It's a man-eater. Make you try good. Make you work now. You're like a bird, you want to fly away. Look, the situation is that apparently a great white shark has staked a claim in the waters off Amity Island. Squatters writes, nothing we can do. Uh, if you open the beaches on the 4th of July, it's like ringing the dinner bell for Christ's sake. Ding dong, please eat me. Where's this tooth you say you pulled out of the boat? Did you see it, Brody? No, I didn't see it. He, he dropped it. He, he had a little accident down there. I had the accident. I shit my pants, Mr. Mayor. He just did. He shit his pants. Well, if you don't have the tooth, it's your word against the sharks. <laughs> Now, now, listen here. We depend on the summer here for our very lives. Well, look, not only are we going to have to close the beaches, we're going to have to hire somebody to kill a shark. I mean, we're going to have to tell the Coast Guard. Someone's going to have to pay to send my deputies to night school to learn about these dang sharks, because to be honest, Mr. Mayor, most of my men think it's some sort of snake. I, I, I don't think either of you outsiders are familiar with our problems. There's a bunch of demons walking around that only locals can see. <laughs> 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 I liked it. <laughs> I think that I'm familiar with the fact that you're going to ignore this particular problem until it swims up and bites you in the ass. They can do that. <laughs> Mr. Mayor, what we are dealing with here is a perfect engine, an eating machine. It's really a miracle of evolution. It cannot be stopped. It will never sleep. It will never eat. Well, it does eat, and it actually does sleep. What I'm trying to say, Mayor, is that sharks are the kings of the jungle, and they swim every day of the year, even on Christmas. 
You'd love to prove that, wouldn't you? Get your name on the front page of the National Geographic uh, channel. <laughs> <sighs> Listen, Mayor, if, if we make an effort today, we might be able to save August. For Christ's sake, tomorrow's the 4th of July, and next week is Shark Week. <laughs> and we'll be open for business. Those beaches will be open this weekend, and they'll be the best beaches this city's ever seen. The great white mayor's prophecy comes true. And before long, the town is a hotbed of shorts and sun cream. Families packed into period-appropriate station wagons trundle beachwards, ready for some summertime fun. Amity Island has long been known for its beautiful white sand beaches. But in recent days, a cloud has appeared on the horizon of this beautiful resort community. A cloud in the shape of a killer shark. But then it turned into a teapot, and uh, then it kind of looked like Mickey Mouse if he had three ears. One by one, everyone gets in and has a great time in the water. Everyone except for Brody and Hoopoo, who are chatting on their secret boys' club walkie-talkies. <laughs> Brody to Hooper, do you read me? Who's your biggest crush? What do you see over there? Look, Marty, I I'll tell you if I see anything, okay? I'm not gonna not tell you. Uh, Mikey, my little son, uh, do me a favor, will you? What is it, Dad? <laughs> you and the other little standby me boys, you, you, you take your boat and you put it in the pond instead, okay? The pond's for old ladies, and it's not so much of a pond and more of an inlet. It's still very much connected to the sea, and only by a stream one shark with the cross. Yeah, I, know, I know it's for old ladies, but uh, just do it for the old man, huh? Will you? Ah. All right. Well, I'm happy to repeat the news that we have, in fact, caught and killed a large predator that supposedly injured some bathers. But that's all hearsay, in, in that everyone saw and heard it happen. But as you see, it's a beautiful day, the beaches are open, and people are having a wonderful time. Amnesty, as you know, means friendship, and not sharks. <laughs> Suddenly, everyone sees a threatening pointy fin poking out of the sea. Red one, Brody, get the people out of the water. The first thing they teach you in shark school is wherever there's a fin, a shark's sure to be not far behind. Everybody, please, get out of the water! Everybody, out of the water! Everybody panics and splashes their way to shore. Everyone is rude, and an old man gets trampled. The deputies draw their guns and approach the shark, but it turns out to be none other than two local pranksters with a cardboard fin. <laughs> Who were only joshing. What fun! Get these boys on SNL quick. <laughs> He made me do it! He talked me into it! We're not really a shark! Prove it! <laughs> As everyone laughs, having been punked good, the real shark, who is not two boys, sneaks into the old lady pond. Shark! The shark is going into the pond where our son is! Oh, now what? Is anybody here not a shark? <laughs> Michael's in the pond! My sweet darling spawn! <laughs> Michael and his kid friends are trying to get his boat to work right. These ropes sure are tough and distracting. Uh, hey... Hey, fellas, uh, as your uh, scout leader, uh, I want uh, you to tie some uh, real nice knots and uh, remember to take your time and uh, have, have fun, yeah? Just then, Jaws uses his titular Jaws to tear apart the scout leader. Fellas. No. No. While their scout leader is getting torn to shreds, Michael and the boys use the opportunity to selfishly swim away and selfishly pass out on shore. They will, however, be able to receive the Witness a Man's Death merit badges. This time, there's no denying it. Everybody in the town saw a real big shark. Lads, what did I tell you? <laughs> the land. <laughs> Come on, I can't make it any more clear here. Have you not seen blackfish? Fish, we're no good. We're gonna get you. I mean... <laughs> I'm having a great time, but our goals just don't line up. <laughs> Michael, he's dead. No, he's not. He's in shock. He's in shock. <laughs> the mayor realizes he's been a real dink. 
I'm sorry, Brody. I, I'm truly sorry. Shark attack. It just sounded so unbelievable. If they had named it shark change or global shocking, maybe I'd have... Maybe I'd have taken it seriously. All right, Mayor, you're going to hire Quint to kill the shark. August. Well, what are you talking about, Mayor? The summer's over. You're the mayor of Shark City, ambassador to the Dorsal District, the last true king of Atlantis. I was acting in the town's best interest. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you're going to pay the guy what he wants. Brody, my kids are on that beach, too. They're traumatized. I don't think they'll ever be able to ride a shark again. <sighs> Later, Brody is in Quint's boat club, haggling terms with Quint. Ten thousand dollars. You got it. The shark killed a lot of people. If anything, that's not enough. Get the mayor off my back. I'm sick of these quotas. I want to fish all these beautiful creatures to death. Swimming around, judging me. Watching me sleep. You got it, Quint. Whatever you need. Quint raises a glass as he is perpetually holding in a toast. Here's to swimming with bow-legged women. I don't want to know what that means. <laughs> Mr. Quint, you're going to need an extra hand. Three. Uh, th this is Matt Hooper. I know who he is. Mr. Hooper, I'm not talking about pleasure boating or daily sailing. I'm talking about working for a living. I'm talking about sharking. We don't think about how we're doing it or try to analyze the process. We just do it. Inefficiently. Well, I'm not... Well, I'm not talking about hooking some poor dogfish or sand shark. I'm talking about finding a great white, using laser grids to triangulate its dorsal trajectory. Mr. Hooper, just tie me a sheep shank. But I want you to put your own spin on it. <laughs> I haven't had to pass basic seamanship in a long time. He ties an amazing knot. How's that? Pretty good, right? Is it good? I'm kind of insecure about it now. Give me your hands. You got city hands, Mr. Hooper. You've been counting money all your life. A fancy city boy. Pressing buttons on the elevator. Ding dong, go up, go down. You know how it goes. All right, I, I don't need this. I don't need this working class hero crap, okay? S city folk, am I right? You know what I'm talking about, watching Will and Grace. <laughs> Funny misunderstandings, little bastards. You're not going to keep doing this aboard the ship, are you, Mr. Quint? Oh, I got plenty more. Uh. Quint takes stock of his old-fashioned shark gear that kills sharks like your granddaddy did. Harpoon, handy pliers, antique musket, fisherman's friend, dusty rope. And an old recording of a 1940s radio play that's a real knee slapper. Meanwhile, Hooper takes stock of his modern prototype city boy anti-shark tech. Sample bottles, GPS, flares, Oculus Rift, Jetson's knife, Soylent, laser watch, hand glove, and a thermos of space-age polymers. Look, Hooper, this ain't some uh, gala event in the Hamptons. You're not fundraising for your book club. Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> You'll never know what it feels like to be a real man. Have you ever wet yourself on a bus? <laughs> what do you got here? Uh, Anti-shark cage. Anti-shark cage. You go inside the cage, cage goes in the water, shark's in the water. Or shark. Shark goes in the cage. <laughs> you got the shark? Well done. You've won the ocean. <laughs> Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. Quint continues singing for 75 minutes, by which point the shark has been dead for 25 minutes. Did you take your Dramamine? Yes. I put an extra pair of glasses in your black socks and the stuff your nose and the zinc oxide and the Blistex in the kit. Oh, come on, Ellen, stop. Not another in front of the boys. And I put a bagel in there so you don't get homesick. Oh, Ellen! Son of a bitch. Goddamn women today. They can't handle nothing. 
Time was a man would only meet his wife once and he'd be real rude and she'd be thankful for it. It's gotta be Quint because he's a fuck. Yeah. Colorful, ain't he? If that color was drunk. He scares me in the way that Get Out, the movie, didn't. But it was clever. <laughs> Listen, don't use the uh, fireplace in the den because I haven't fixed it yet. I'm coming home, I promise. She hugs him as if to say, I'm probably going to use that fireplace. What am I going to tell the kids? Tell them I'm going fishing, but then fill them in on the specifics of what that's in reference to. Break it up, will you, Chief? Daylight's wasting. Ellen keeps a brave face, but as soon as she's out of the boy's sight, she bursts into tears and runs out of the harbor and the film. <laughs> but don't worry, we'll see her again in Jaws 4, The Revenge, starring Michael Caine. We're out at sea now. It's like the land, but blue, and you shouldn't drink it. Our boys are all alone now on Quint's rickety but lovely boat. Brody is doing that thing where he's throwing chunks of fish meat into the sea. Keep that chum line going, chief. Or oh, chum yeah. line, even. <laughs> chumming, that's what it's called. Brody is chumming. Hey, who's driving the boat? Nobody. We're tied to the ocean. She's the captain now. <laughs> hey, chief, best drop another chum marker. Brody, the least experienced seaman, pulls the compressed air rope instead of the chum rope, knocking compressed air tanks clanking onto the deck. Watch it, Brody. This is compressed air. Right here. Look at him. Put him in your mind for later. Okay. Well, what the hell kind of nut was that? A uh, uh, shrimp shack? No. Look, you pulled the wrong one. You screw in with these tanks, and they might blow up in an exciting climax. All right, okay. Yeah, that's real fine, expensive gear you brought out here, Mr. Hooper. Oh, sure, we're gonna need all that exploding air. We're fighting a shark, not building the Hindenburg. Brody, start that chum line again, will you? Oh, let Hooper take a turn. Uh, it's real fun, Hooper. Like painting a picket fence. Hooper drives the boat, Chief. Hooper, slow ahead, if you please. I can go slow ahead. Come on down and chum some of this shit. Suddenly, a huge animatronic shark comes out of the water. The boat must have somehow ended up in the Universal Studios ride. You're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a smaller shark. Or a slightly smaller shark and a slightly bigger boat. Quint fires a harpoon attached to a floaty barrel and one of Hooper's newfangled trackers onto the shark, while Brody sneaks around and tags the side of it with spray paint so they can remember it's the same shark later. <laughs> it's evening now, and the boys sit around the cabin drinking to ease their nerves. Chief, don't you worry about it, Chief. That won't be permanent. You want to see something permanent? Ba-ba-boom! Hey, hoop! <laughs> you want to feel something permanent? Just put your hand underneath my cap. <laughs> you just... Mmm. <laughs> you just feel that little lump? St. Paddy's Day, Boston. They put a little microchip tracker in there. So they know where I go. Officially, I'm still under house arrest, but I, I, I live in the boat, so... Uh... Yeah, you want to see a real scar? I got that beat. Right here, Amore Eel, bit right through my wetsuit. You know what they say, if you feel pain in your chest, it's Amore. <laughs> well, hoop, now listen, I, I don't know about that, but I ended in, a, ended in an arm wrestling contest on, uh, you see this? Now I can't extend that. You know why? Get to the semi-final, big Chinese fella, he pulled me right over. I says, Quint, lay off the drink for a while. We're getting worried about you. <laughs> I got the creme de la creme right here. Mary Ellen Moffat, she broke my heart. <laughs> I tell you, I've been catfished a few times. <laughs> Thought I met a beautiful woman. Turned out she was a catfish. What about uh, that scar there, the, uh, the one in your arm? Oh, uh, well, it's a tattoo. 
Get that removed. <laughs> don't tell me. Don't tell me. No, Albert, tell me. <laughs> Mr. Hooper, that's the USS Indianapolis. You were on the Indianapolis? What happened? Japanese submarine slammed two <laughs> torpedoes in our side, Chief. Coming back from the east, just delivered the bomb. The Hiroshima bomb. Nagasaki was outsourced to a third-party company. <laughs> 1,100 men went into the water. Didn't see the first shark for about half an hour. Tiger. Don't know how it got out there. It was paddling like the Dickens. <laughs> Must have come off that Life of Pi boat. There were sharks as well. Very first light, Chief. The sharks come cruising. Tops down, radio blaring, shirts off. So we formed ourselves into type groups, like in high school. Close-knit cliques. Mean girls. And the idea was, when the shark comes around, nearest man will give him the cold shoulder. Sometimes the shark would go away. Sometimes he wouldn't go away. He looks right into your eyes. Do you know the thing about a shark, Chief? He's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes, but more like a shark's eyes. <laughs> Thursday morning, Chief, I bumped into a friend of mine, Herbie Robinson from Cleveland. Thought he was asleep. Reached over to wake him up, bobbed up and down in the waters, kind of like a top. Well, he'd been bitten in half below the waist. We must have talked for hours. I hadn't seen him in years. I'll never put on a life jacket again. So, 1,100 men went in the water, 316 men come out, the sharks took the rest, June the 29th, 1945, Gary Busey's birthday. Anyway, we delivered the bomb, so, you know, that eased, eased my conscience. <laughs> Show, Show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. Well, I had a little drink about an hour ago And it's gone right to my head Wherever I may roam boom, boom, All land or sea or foam You can always hear me singing this song Show me the way to go home Show me the way to go home Smash Oh no, they had a real medley going and they accidentally chose a song that is in the exact rhythm of the shark bashing against the side of the hole. Water pours into the boat as the shark rams into its flimsy wooden hull. Start the engines, fire her up. Quint grabs his gun and starts firing at the shark. Eat lead, sharky. <laughs> Quint, what are you doing? Don't waste your time. Quint, come on. Jesus Christ, Hooper, take the wheel. Brody, forward deck, watch for him. All right, first I'm gonna make a phone call. Hello, Mayday, Coast Guard. This is the Orca. Do you read me? Who is your biggest crush? Excuse me, Chief. Quint smashes the radio with the baseball bat he brought to hit the shark. Oh, that's great. That's real great, Quint. Now how are we ever going to get the goss, huh? You're certifiable, Quint. You know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd think this technology brings us closer together, but it actually keeps us further apart. Oh, Jesus! Boys, oh boys, I think he's coming back for his noon feeding, his midday munchies. Hook me up another barrel, Hooper. Bring it around after him. Quinn tags the shark with two fresh barrels. Oh, I don't believe it. Two barrels and he's going down again, which is a thing. <laughs> it's incredible. There are only five sharks in the world that can take two barrels. And I'm one of them. <laughs> now... As in most films, the third act is full of lots of dramatic action, and it's a really amazing job to watch, but it doesn't carry the same gravitas when it's casually reenacted at lunchtime in a nightclub. <laughs> Realizing he's going to have to walk home, Quint quickly fires a third barrel into the shark. He's gonna go under. I tell you, he can't with three barrels on him. Not with three, he can't. The shark goes under with three barrels on him. Well, 
That's, that's changed my whole worldview. He's chasing us. I don't believe it. We're going to draw him in in the shallow water, Chief. We're going to draw him in and drown him. Drown him in air. <laughs> the opposite of what you would expect to drown in. We're heading in, Brody. Quint puts the boat into Charlie's Angels, full throttle. <laughs> Quint, don't put that much pressure on her. You gotta let the boat make her own decisions. Learn from her own mistakes. Quint, God damn it! Ignoring him, Quint pushes the boat into top speed. Two cruise controls. <laughs> Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies <laughs> of Spain. The boat's engine burns out. You did it. You burned out the bearings. Yeah. Cooper, what exactly can you do with these things of yours? Well, I think I can pump 20 cc's of strychnine nitrate into him if I can get close enough. You get this little needle through his skin? This won't even go through my skin. (laughs) Quinn grabs the needle off of Hoover and stabs himself with it. Well, I suppose I don't have long now. No, I I can't do that, but if I can get him close enough to this cage, I can get him in the mouth. If I can kill his mouth, he'll starve to death. It's where he eats from. That shark is going to rip that cage to pieces. You got any better suggestions? Yes, but I'm not telling you them because I don't like your tone. (laughs) They put Hooper in the cage and put him in the sea. Try to keep him off me until I'm lower. Okay? I'm ready. Right. The shark immediately wrecks the cage. <laughs> Why did we do that? Hooper swims away and hides behind a sea tree. <laughs> As Brody and Quint wonder what else they thought would happen, the shark plops onto the boat, smashing the back half. The boat begins to sink. In the chaos, Quint slides into the shark's mouth. Yeah, ah, oh, he's biting my bits. <laughs> The shark gnashes down on Quint. Blood is pumping out of his mouth, and he's screaming. Oh, Jesus. We were just starting to like him as well. The boat begins to sink with Brody trapped inside. The shark smashes into the ship, but mistakes a compressed air canister for Brody and eats it. Brody grabs his rifle and climbs the mast. The shark swims towards him. It looks like this is the end for our hero, Martin Brody. All right, come on. Show me the tank. Show me the tank. Smile, you son of a... Instead of a swear, an explosion happens. Brody shoots the shark right in the compressed air canister. I knew there was a shark! The shark's exploded carcass drifts into the sea, drifts to the sea floor in a really amazing cloud of blood. The camera lingers on his iconic film, even though the film is called Jaws. Spielberg really blew it, if you ask me. <laughs> Meanwhile, Hooper comes out from behind that sea tree. I'm alive. <gasps> <laughs> Quint? Yeah. Quint's alive. Oh, no, no, he's dead. I, th- I thought you were just like, Quint. Like, Quint. No. Oh. They fashion a raft from shark barrels and begin to swim into the sun, where they live. You know, uh, I used to hate the water. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> uh. As they swim back to shore, the ghost of an old friend... <laughs> Looks down on them. That was the best summer of my life. (laughs) I think we all learned a lot about ourselves. I didn't see Brody much after I exploded. (laughs) And that Quint, what a character. He sure says some rambly things. And Hooper, well, in the novel, he slept with Brody's wife, so that's different. And then also the novel Brody is called Bordy and the shark is a Da Vinci Code. 
the film was a smash hit and started uh, Steven, director Steven Spielberg's illustrious career, paving the way for his magnum opus, the BFG. <laughs> which underperformed at the box office. The end. Hello friends, this is Stephen from Dream Gun and we have shows on sale in Dublin and London right now. We are home in Dublin this June the 15th to the 17th with updated film reads of The Matrix, Jurassic Park and Titanic at Smock Alley Theatre. Featuring the award-winning ensemble of Tony Cantwell, Ronan Carey, Stephen Culver, that's me, Finbar Doyle, Hannah Mamelis, Aaron McGathy and Edwin Salmon. Uh, the show's at Smock Alley Theatre and tickets are on sale right now. Head to dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Meanwhile in London, we are now performing every month at 21 Soho with a different film read every month and different guests joining us on the stage. This month's London film is Batman Begins, but if you're in the future, it's probably a different film and you can find out which one at dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets.